So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Hey. There we go. Just like that. So I've just got to make sure this is good. I think so. I can never, I can never tell. It's really hard to, I've just got a brand new camera. So I'm, uh, I've been looking at the screen for about the last 15 minutes trying to figure out the best picture. And to me, it still looks a little yellow. I've watched four YouTube videos trying to navigate how to actually improve it. And I have, I have no idea how to do it. So this is what you, this is what you've got. I even had, I've, I've got a running picture that I usually have uh, set up just here. Let me show you. Honestly, it's chaos in here at the moment. You wouldn't believe it. Look at this. So this is Steve Prefontaine, my favorite runner of all time. I, uh, I usually have a frame which is, which is set up next to the computer uh, at the back. And it's just, I've just knocked it off the table before I press play. So it's just, I mean, it might look like there's some element of order in this room, but out of this shot, it's, it's chaos and it's doing my head in. So I'm in quite a confined space as I present this to you today uh, with my face looking, I look jaundiced, let's be honest. There's a little bit of jaundice going on there. I know that term because uh, when my baby was born, he looked a little bit that way. Most people say you know if your baby, like when your baby's born, most people say, no, no, you, you automatically can see. Uh, you just believe that it's the cutest baby in the world because there's something genetically in you which says, well, I have to care for this, so I may as well assume it's good looking. Um, I don't, it good, it's not good looking though when it's a baby, really, is it? It's more... Um, Good looking sounds more sexual than you want it to when you're speaking about a baby. Because there's there's no part of me that when I'm speaking about a baby wanna want to confuse people by using sexual language. Cause I you know, I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. I don't swing that way. Which is fine. Everyone's on their own journey. I don't I don't support that particular journey, but I must mean like there's there's people out there who, who probably would use those terms to describe a baby, but that's just not me. And all it's it's quite warm in this back room as well. It's a I'm gonna have to get a studio of some sort set up because uh, there's no airflow going on through. It's like a sauna. So for me, this podcast is actually it's turning out already just to be like a workout. I feel as though it's a workout video. So I'm hoping it's easier for you to get through than it will be for me because because this is a commitment right now. I'm not sure a hundred percent what the temperature in here would be, but it's it's definitely not cold. And I've got a long sleeve shirt on. I've just taken off a jumper because I thought that's going to help the situation. But the truth is, um, I've shut the door, I've pressed record, and I didn't quite think about the serious nature of the heat that I was trapping myself in for the next hour. So we'll, we'll watch this unfold together. We'll see how it goes. I got a new camera the other day, a little Canon. It's called an EOS M50. I think that it's like an entry level into the decent camera world. So I, I didn't want to go full hot. I didn't want to go full ball because I wasn't 100% sure what I needed. And there's so many, there's been so many times in my life where the truth is what people do is they buy all the best equipment and then two weeks later they go, you know what, actually I've got another idea. What I'm going to do is not anything to do with, with cameras. I'm going to take up painting, <laughs> which is good. But then you've just spent five grand on a camera and I'm not sure how much a canvas costs, but I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that the that the rate, that conversion wouldn't really work. I don't think it's an effective conversion. I don't think it's a fair conversion if you've you know, uh, made up your mind to be a filmmaker and then decided that you want to be Van Gogh. He didn't even sell paintings, I don't think, when he was alive. I think that's why he cut off his ear, isn't it? He got so angry, he thought, well, there's only one way to sort this out. The ear's coming off. And uh, it didn't help the situation, but I, I sometimes act a little bit obnoxiously as well when I'm frustrated as well. Like, I'll, I'll, never, I'll, I'll never say never, but the idea of cutting off an ear out of frustration is, is that's a lot of frustration pent up, isn't it? I, um, I more just go passive aggressive at anyone who's around me. So if my wife's asked ask me like a, a person, I said wives, I've only got one, um, not a Freudian slip, just a genuine, genuine mistake. Cause you can't, you can't do that in Melbourne yet. I don't think, but pan, pansexualism is, is back in the trend. So maybe you can, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the rules are at the moment. Dan Andrews, over here in Australia, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. He just goes, you know what? Uh, if uh, let's just make it as opposite to religion as we can. All right, you want to marry four? I was going to say that's opposite to religion. It's not. I think that's a, a key component of the Islamic uh, religion. For a lot of people, you can have more than one wife. But I'm saying here in Australia, we're we're like a, a built on Christian foundation. So uh, I think what Dan Andrews is doing is saying, hey, no, no. What we're going to do is just make it 
as as little like Christian uh, Christianity as we know it. As but that's like Old Testament Christianity. I think I reckon there's a few guys. I think Moses was rocking a couple of wives. Um, I think that's what it was, or maybe he was just frustrated with his wife because she couldn't give him a she couldn't give him a kid. I'm trying to remember now whether he got remarried. Was it him that married his servant, and then the wife got upset about the fact that the servant gave gave him kids that she couldn't deliver? Um, and that's the story of Israel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it started. I, I, like I've missed a few steps, obviously, but um, but what I'm saying is that the old school religion used to be okay with with a number of wives. I'm not sure. I'm not sure in Christianity when that when that was frowned upon because Christianity at the moment they really they're a big fan of of um, sobriety. Well, that that's not sobriety, is it? When you're just married to one person, what is that? Is sobriety when you just when you're only having sex with one person, or is sobriety when you've decided like you've you've held yourself off sex? I think it's when you. That's what monks do. I'm pretty sure sobriety. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure sobriety is when when you're not having sex at all, is it? Which is which was pretty much myself up until the age of nineteen, but not because I wasn't having a good old crack. It's just because distance runners, I don't think, are the most attractive people in the world. So it doesn't matter how hard you're trying. Like I'm sure, I'm sure there'd be distance runners out there who had enough swagger to be able to get past the fact you could see your ribs. But the truth is, I wasn't, I wasn't one of them. And it's important to me that I'm honest with you because at the age of nineteen is when I lost my virginity. It wasn't a great achievement. Oh, it was a great achievement for me, but it wasn't a great performance. Um, yeah, so I think there's a little bit of sobriety thrown in there after, after, um, after Georgia put the word out about how the performance went. <laughs> it's all right. I think this is just say between us. Didn't I went out for drinks the next week and some boys go, "Hey, I heard you had a good Friday night last night." I thought, well, there's not really any good stories that could come out of that. So if Georgia's told you those stories, well. This is embarrassing, not only for her, but also for me, because you've really cramped my style. And like to give you a bit of a glimpse of what I was at 19, I called my mum the day after I first had sex to tell her, because I was just so happy about it, and my mum and I had a close relationship. We still do, but like the idea of telling her each time I have sex now is, um, is something that I, I, don't, I wouldn't do, and I don't think she would appreciate. I think for me, just saying, hey, uh, hey Jessie's pregnant, which she's not, again, but she, she was 18 months ago, for me, telling her that Jessie's pregnant was hard because it means I've had sex. And you don't want your mum to think of you like that, do you? Like, you don't, you don't want your... I tried to run a joke by her the other day about a... It's a long joke, but essentially it's a blowjob joke. It's a, it's a gay blowjob joke. And, uh, and she didn't like it. She didn't want me to tell her because, I don't know, it's weird. We go through ebbs and flows with what we're allowed to talk about in our relationship. And I think I'm at that age now, 34. My mum's 64. The idea of just speaking to her... Um, about anything to do with sex is, is something I'm not a fan of. I definitely don't appreciate... One sec, I've just got to fix it. I've just noticed that it's not even framed properly, isn't it? I've put this pot plant at the back here to try and frame it properly. You can still see the boys in the back, but hey, it's going to be a work in progress, right? So if you're watching this on YouTube, be patient with me. I've been watching a couple of YouTube videos to try and navigate how it is that I actually make this look better, but just quietly, I think we're doing okay. We're doing quite well. I've got like a, a, a little light here. I'm dealing with some natural light coming through that way. Apparently, it's something to do with white balance, they call it. So as this podcast continues, there's uh, <clears throat> I've got a window just over here with the curtains half drawn. And because the sun is going through the clouds, I'm not sure my white balance is correct. That's what, that's what the guy on YouTube said. So that's what we're trying to deal with. If you're listening to this, as always, just ignore what I'm saying because you're not going uh, to have to experience the visuals. Um, maybe you should experience the visuals just so you can see what it is I'm talking about because it would be a it'd be far more exciting for all of all of us if you um if you sort of bought into the uh, into the visuals of this pod- but I guess it is a it's an audio it's an audio service really isn't it that's the whole idea of a podcast but we're visual I guess we're visual creatures you want to see what's going on or I do actually my YouTube numbers probably don't suggest that you do care what's going on <laughs> you're happy just to listen in your car uh, anyway. So it's, uh, what time is it over here at the moment? It's 1.30, it's Monday afternoon. Uh, Jesse and my little man are down at the park. They've given me two hours to... Whenever they leave the house on a Monday afternoon, it's like, all right, it's podcast time, it's time to go. So I've, uh, I've got a rush, get set up. I had, I had Charlie down at the park yesterday because what, what Jesse and I have started to do is 
on a Saturday, uh, I get till 11 a.m. to myself. It's like uh, you parents out there appreciate. I didn't realize just how little free time you had when, when a kid came on board. There were so many people that would say to me, hey, Tyus, mate, enjoy your life now before kids because once they come along, you'll have no free time. And I was like, mate, shut up, you negative bastard. Like, why would you tell me such negative stories about what it's like to have a child? And then I'm going to say 13 months in or 15 months in, I love my child with all my heart. Not a lot of spare time, and I'd like to formally apologize to everyone who tried to warn me and who I ignored, which was most people. I just thought you're all I just thought you're all pessimists. I thought you were trying to scare me. I wasn't scared and I still enjoy it, but what I'm saying is I just can't watch as much TV as I can. So uh, as as I'd like anyway. Not that I'm a big TV watcher, but I mean it's nice to have the option. Sometimes it's nice to be able to go and sit down on your computer than have to what you know, shit from underneath your son's ball because <laughs> he's, he's had too much fruit again because he takes after his dad in the fruit department, not not with shit under his balls. I've had a couple of nights, though, I think, where I've, I'm not a big drinker, but there's a couple of nights in my in my past where there probably was a little bit under the balls. And that was that was just because I drank too much. I didn't know my own limits. One of it happened in a friend, uh, a friend's sister's bed. The sister wasn't home. I was married at the time, but I... I vomited in the bed. Um, I woke up. Someone had written "pussy" across my face, which was which was probably deserved. Uh, I got I got a Gatorade handed to me after that as well. So it was like a it was like, hey, you are a pussy, but I'm still here to care for you. All right. <laughs> so I reckon that was one of those nights where where there could have been a little bit of. I vomited. I didn't shit myself. I should clarify that. I don't want to paint an image of myself that's not quite true. Um, but either way, whether you've whether you've shat yourself or whether you've just vomited all over yourself. If it's in the if it's in the uh, the bed of a person whose house you don't really know that well, it's as embarrassing as each other. You may as well have shat. Um, but it's always hard to go out to the owners. They were living. This is their parents' house, and uh, I had to go out to the parents the next morning. And go. I'm so sorry about what just happened last night. I thought that all I had was three beers, but it turns out I I forgot that I also had eight shots and uh, and a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> it wasn't that much, but may as well have been because I almost died. I never passed out before either. The first this is 2014 New Year's Eve, and it was the very first time I'd ever passed out. As I say, I was uh, I was always into health and well-being and fitness, and even at that time I was. But I just got excited because I had a group of guys around me that I really liked, and uh, I went to this party. That was a New Year's Eve party. They said, "Tyus, do you want a beer?" I said, "No, thank you." They said, "We're all having one," and I said, "Well, be precious, a bitch." Um, just give me one. I only have one. But then the problem was we went out the front and started playing cricket. I got through the first beer and actually my, my cricket skills were, were coming along nicely. So I thought what I'll do, I'll have one more and, um, and I might not get out. Like I might, I might set the record for runs at the uh, 2014 New Year's Eve party. I didn't. I got two, two beers in, started to feel a little dizzy. And I thought, well, I'm there now. Let's, all, let's just all go hard together. And someone had rocked up with some homemade rakia, which is like a potato I think it's like a potato vodka, I'm pretty sure, straight out of Croatia or Serbia. And I got I got into that harder than I should have. Because my rule was, like, t- 2015, I wasn't going to drink at all. So I thought, okay, if I'm not going to drink at all, I may as well just have a... I'll, I'll go out with a bang. I'll go out in style. I'll, I'll, I'll really just see... You know, I'll just see what kind of performance I can put on the table for, for 2014. I tell you, reputations are hard to shake. At times, I still, at times I still get referred to uh, or, or, or I still get spoken to about that night, which is humiliating. But, um, yeah, alcohol and I aren't a, aren't a strong point. But what I'll say, I've got the house to myself because Jesse's got, I don't know how we've referenced from a childhood playground, uh, me sleeping in till 11 o'clock uh, or, or having 11 o'clock to myself to to me passed out on uh, in someone's sister's bed in the 2014 New Year's Eve party. But um, that's what pivots are, isn't it? That's how we... That's sort of the, the, the theme of this show. We just, we just see where we go. It's a journey together. I take you by the hand. Sometimes I have to drag you into places you probably didn't want to go, but, but I never let go of your hand because I love you with all my heart. <laughs> it's true. Probably. Not all of you, I reckon, but, um, but there'd be a big percentage of you who listen to this where I go, you know what, I actually I value your friendship. Some people, like I'm sure just by sheer numbers or percentages, there'd be plenty of you that I just wouldn't get along with, but... Um, but still, let it be a journey. Let it be a journey that we go on together. Maybe on that journey, we'll get to know each other better and I'll understand why it is that you upset me, why it is that I, I don't like you. Maybe we could get through that together. It's almost like a it's a course in counselling that we journey on together and uh, the other side of it might be beautiful. You just don't know, do you? I was about to take a sip of my coffee, but I hate it. Let me just, I'm going to try. 
I hope that didn't come through because uh, I've got this memory of Tim Ferriss back in 2017. He did a podcast and uh, he was drinking coffee as he did it and he took a massive sip right into the microphone and laughed about it. And I'm very sensitive to noises like that. I don't want, like ASMR is my worst nightmare. If you if I can hear you eating, if I can hear you drinking or, or slurping, I just, I, I, I can't handle it. You know what I mean? So, so you could see that from the fear that I showed uh, just taking a sip of my coffee just then into the speaker. I didn't want it to upset you because I don't know what kind of day you've had or how sensitive you are to noises like that. But, um, you know, if, if it makes your day a little bit better for me just not slurping into the microphone, I'm happy to do that for you. Uh, this is my second coffee today anyway. It's 1.30. Um, I usually have about three. Three is my limit. I go three and then uh, and then I try and... About three or four o'clock, I reckon, is the last one. A lot of people have trouble with with uh with coffee they feel as though the coffee doesn't allow them to to go to sleep and i know caffeine has a reputation for keeping people awake keeping them energized but i think i'm well trained i think i'm fairly well trained with coffee i had 2017 off it i just decided i'm going to have a year off just to just to see if i could do it i drank green tea for a year i was living in london and uh my friend uh, had a cafe and i used to go down there each morning and and he would make like a mint tea it was beautiful i still remember he was very passionate about the way he made it he would put the mint leaves in between his hands and he would smash it together, rub it to allow all the uh, the flavors to come out. He'd put it in the water, mix it up. That guy, Rich Harris, his name is. He's the, uh, I remember the first day I met him. I think he's he's a straight guy, but quite flamboyant. Do you know what I mean? He would pass as gay quite easily. He smoked his pipe. Big, tall, African-American dude. Not African-American when you're British, is it? It was. Uh, I'm not even sure he was African. He might have just been like a really well-tanned British guy. <laughs> He's probably Scottish, you know? He's probably, maybe he was a ginger. He might not have been black at all. But I remember one day, he was very fashionable, and I walked in there, and he, uh, he said, dude, like, you're a stylish guy. The first time I met him, I thought, wow. And I looked at him, he was about seven foot tall. Uh, as I said, uh, African dude, very stylish guy. I thought, hey, you look fantastic. So uh, for me to hear that from you is, is quite nerve wracking because this is the nicest jumper I own. And I remember six months after that friendship began, I walked in there and he goes, dude, when I first met you, I thought you were stylish. Now I realize you've got one stylish jumper that you wear all the time. I said, star style, motherfucker. <laughs> and still stylish, just because... This is one thing I get confused about. So Jessie, my wife, always... I'm going to stop referencing her as my wife now. If you've been here for a little while, you know who Jessie is. But she always says, uh, babe, I'm, I'm really sick of that shirt. Like when you got it, I thought it was very stylish. But now I'm really sick of it. But the truth is, uh, for me, we're the only people who are sick of that. Most people that we're going out to see are seeing that for the first time. So for them, uh, that's still style. So I technically could wear that shirt for another three years and probably see that person three times. And by the second time, they might notice it. The third time, they might go, oh, okay, well, he doesn't actually have a lot of uh, a, a, a lot to offer in the fashion department. But, I mean, that's three years' worth of, uh, of style and miss... What do you say? Just throwing people's perceptions off the reality about your life. The truth is, I'm not that fashionable. But if I can wear a shirt three times to trick you, I'm going to do it because I want you to think I am. I think the fact I'm wearing a long-sleeve Bond shirt right now is uh, is a sign that fashion hasn't been a... A big part of my life. I think I think what would look better right now if I had a silver chain on with like a little round coin at the bottom of it. I think that would look good. Uh, but Jesse refuses to buy me one. Despite uh, <clears throat> there was a pastor from New York City, the old head pastor Carl Lentz got done for cheating on his wife, which is he's a good looking man. And I tell you, I honestly had the op- if I had the opportunity, I might have stumbled when it came to him as well because he's a gorgeous man. But he used to wear one, and uh, I thought, man, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, he made some questionable fashion choices as well, though, to be fair. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, not on there, but the him and Bill Burr were talking about just the fashion sense of this bloke because he called it a dick root, Joe Rogan did. he. Uh, Carl had his pants pulled down so far you could see the sharp angle of the V, which I think if you've got a V, uh, you've, you've had to, like, genetically, yeah, sure, you might be predisposed to having a V, but if you've, if you've got the ability to have a V, all right, and uh, and you want to show it? You should you should have the opportunity to show it because chances are genetics only go so far, and then you're gonna to have to start doing crunches and sit ups and things like that. I've seen photos of his legs and calves. I think they need a bit more attention. Calves are a little bit a little bit thick. Do you know? I'm not a big fan of the thick calf on on girls or guys. You know you know what it's like when I like it when when a girl has a nice calf and it comes down and gets quite thin at the bottom. You know, and there's like a real prominent ankle. Uh, I've got a mate who's the opposite. He likes he likes a thick a thick calf. It's different horses, different courses. But um, yeah, for me, 
for me, that idea of, of just one shaped calf doesn't, doesn't really do it for me. It reminds me of my year 12 art teacher. And she, they just looked like those old school posts. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of shape. It was just straight down. And she wore, she would have been 68, and she wore skirts that were, were highly inappropriate for, for her age and for the setting. We were school students. And uh, I remember there was a couple of times she would bend down to pick up an art brush, and I thought, oh my gosh, we know each other so much better than I'd anticipated. I feel like you need to give me an A on my assignment just based on what I've seen of yours. Um, those knickers are too thin for, for your cheeks. <laughs> but, but good on her, Maeve. She, uh, she didn't care about the rules. She just did what she did. And that's a good thing in art as well. In art, you can you can sort of just do what you want to do, can't you? Because you can... Like, I saw, a, I saw a thing of Kanye the other day. He was coming out of his house looking quite buff. He's having a tough run as well, Kanye. When, when Kim breaks up with you, I think that's a, that's a hard one to come back from, isn't it? I've got a mate who, actually, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but when Kim breaks up with you, that's going to that's gonna throw a spanner in the works because she's got a reputation for being the pinnacle of, of the woman that you can date. But, um, yeah, he came out of his house the other day, had a tank top, good, Tyson's approval, had some jeans, good, but then he had gum boots. I thought, Kanye, like, I understand that you are, you are setting the trends. I understand that we are told that whatever you wear is fashion, but to look at that for the first time, I'm, I'm opposed to the look. It's horrific. And... Uh, yeah, what was I talking about Kanye's gumboots? I'm not sure, but I was. I had a mate the other day, and he reckons Kim Kardashian's just overrated. I called him, and I said, uh, I was talking about Pete Davidson, the guy who was dating. I said, mate, he's a lucky man. Now, I'm happy with my marriage. I just want to offer context, not that my wife listens to this podcast. I'm very happy with my marriage, but the truth is there's a lot of men out there who would love the opportunity to date Kim. And I called him, and I said, mate, can you believe how excited Pete Davidson must be to be Pete Davidson right now? And he said... Um, he said, why is that? I said, oh, he's dating Kim Kardashian. He goes, oh, mate, she's gross. I said, come on now. Like, I think there's certain things that make you question the honesty of a conversation that you're in. And I think for someone to, to throw out any question about the looks of Kim Kardashian is a fair, I think it's a fair sort of, uh, like that thought needs to be pinned a little bit to be discussed. I said, like, explain this to me. You need to, you need to explain where this is coming from because that's quite hurtful to me as a bloke who thinks she's, She's quite glamorous. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the look. I think what she's doing is going well. He goes, mate, let me show you some before and after photos. I said, yeah, sure. So he sent me a before photo. He goes, look at her here. She was already pretty. I said, that's fine. Like, that's good. That's good. Like, if you look at a vintage car, back in the day, a vintage car is already pretty a lot of the time. But just because it's had some work done, do you know what I mean? It's had his muffler. I shouldn't say muffler when I'm speaking about Kim Kardashian. I think that could be like a little slip. I saw the tape when I was 18 years old, and, and I mean, it's stuck in my head, but... It's just interesting to me that when I'm doing a comparison between Kim Kardashian and an old school car, which has had some work done to it, the, the word that I went for is a muffler. Now, I think you all know what part of Kim Kardashian a muffler would be, but the truth is, I don't know which part of a car a muffler is. Um, I guess it, I guess for both of them, I was going to say for both of them, I guess you don't get to see them very much, but I guess it just depends on your internet access and your interest in the video of her that came out years ago. Her, her claim to fame, her, her breakthrough, I think it was, where her sex tape came out. We spoke about this last week. Like the PR team, which is required to, um, you know, to come out of a sex tape like that is, it's quite incredible, I think. I think it's an amazing achievement. But I don't know. I'm a fan of the look of Kim. I think she's still pretty. I think she's still, sure, she's had a little bit of work done, but I've had a little bit of work done too. I had a dot that was growing in the middle of my head years ago. Do you know what I mean? It was a little dot, like a little bump, and I it was getting bigger, and I started to look quite Hindu. And I said to, I went to plastic surgery for women, and uh, in Hawthorne, I walked in, I said, guys, there's a bump growing on my head, and the guy said, yeah, I can, I can see it. I said, just settle down there, mate. This is a, this is our first meeting. I was hoping you were going to say it's not that bad. And uh, honestly, the question, the conversation I had with him, I went in because at the time I was doing some. Um, uh, I don't want to say motivational speaking, but I guess that's what it was. It was a wanky set. I had to get out of it because I wasn't a real big fan of it, but I was doing some motivational speaking, offering some practical tools on mindset to kids in classrooms, and, and that was my passion at the time. I wanted to go in and make an impact, and the guy said, uh, he goes, now, mate, that is quite a noticeable bump on the middle of your head. And I said, you've said that twice now. I've only been here 30 seconds. Uh, he goes, does it bother you? I said, well, mate, I'm here. I'm at the, I'm at the Plastic Surgery for Women Centre, in, uh, in Hawthorne, there's eight women with fake boobs, fake lips, fake eyes, <laughs> all sitting in the waiting room looking at me like I'm a little piece of bait. Um, I feel judged just sitting there. It was very humiliating for me to even go through that experience. Like, what do you, th do you reckon I'm embarrassed? 
He goes, that's a very fair answer. He goes, mate, well, if you're working in the public eye, if this is something that concerns you, concerns me, because, mate, honestly, it's quite large and very noticeable. I said, well, when can you take it off? And uh, it was about a three-week wait. And I just remember, like, what a great salesman. I've gone in there with a little bit of self-consciousness about a bump growing in the middle of my head that my sister had pointed out to me and told me was highly inappropriate. And I've walked in looking for maybe some more comfort or, or, or you know, a, a little bit of... Uh, yeah, I guess just some support, some comfort that it might not be as bad as I thought. But this guy, he knew that there was, there was probably 500 bucks in it for him. He goes, all right, they're terrific. You need to get it taken off. And uh, three weeks later, I went in and it was a it was a gross experience. I had to go down. I laid on the uh, I laid on the bed at the back room. He forgot that I had the appointment. So the nurse and I were laying in there. She just numbed the middle of my head. And uh, she goes, oh, wait a second. I'm just going to go and see if I can find Peter. Anyway, Peter came in 15 minutes later. He goes, sorry, mate, it's been a busy day. I was just trying to catch up on some food. I said, Pete, like, mate, I'm numb in the middle of the head. Like, I feel as though it's starting to wear off. He goes, all right, we better get you started quick. I said, mate, this is, maybe, can you chuck a bit more number on it? Like, you reckon you could, you reckon you could anesthetize that just a little bit more? Is it anesthetized when it's just local? I'm not sure. But, uh, but anyway, he, he got stuck in. And I just remember, I, I had like blood drops coming down here. And it was, the most embarrassing part of it for me was when I left, I, I, because of the blood, he said, you need to keep pressure on there. So he wrapped, he wrapped like bandages around my head. I had, it was, I had about one stitch in the middle and he had bandages around my head. And Jesse asked me on the way home, babe, do you reckon you could just stop off and get a few groceries? And I'd already said yes. So I had to go in there like I'd just been bashed in a bloody game of rugby. I was friends with the local girls at Coles. I walked in, they go, man, oh my gosh, Tyce, what's happened? I said, oh, God, sorry, I just had to get a few stitches. They go, oh, what happened? Like, why? Have you been attacked? Have you been in a fight? Like, were you hit? I said, um, no, no. I said, did you guys ever notice that bump in the middle of my head? They said, yes, we did. I said, wow, you, you should have told me because I've been rocking this bump in the middle of my head for years now, thinking it was quite normal. And uh, and now you've told that like the reaction that they gave me, it just suggested that there was a there was no doubt in their mind that that it needed to be removed. And uh, so I said I removed it. They said that's a bit over the top, isn't it? I said, look, I'm just here to buy bananas. If you could just maybe stop judging me based on uh based on my look, that'd be fantastic. And um, anyway, I got nervous a couple of years later because I had. Uh, I was at the gym one day and I saw these two little bumps just growing on my back. I thought, fire it, look, what is going in with me? I'm bloody bumpy boy. I've got bumps on my head, bumps on my back. What's going on? <clears throat> and uh, anyway, so Jessie, she said to me, she goes, oh, babe, I've seen this before. They're little cysts that are growing. You've just got a little cyst growing there. Um, so what I've got to do, I've watched a YouTube video. If I whack that with a book as hard as I can, what's going to happen is the cyst will explode and the... Uh, it will diminish, like the problem will, will decrease, it will disappear, and this will just be a thing of the past. I said, baby, this is what I love about you. Not only are you beautiful, but you're, you're filled with answers and wisdom around things that I just, I, I really don't understand. I didn't have any knowledge of. She goes, do you trust me? I said, well, I guess I, well, the truth is, I did trust her, but here's the thing. So this bump in the middle of my head, it actually started years ago, because when we first started dating, she goes, look, there's a little bit going on with your eyebrows, if I'm honest, maybe I could wax it. I said, baby, if that's what you think you need in a man, <laughs> a waxed eyebrow, hey, you wax away. Do you know what I mean? I said, truth is, you're Eastern European. You could probably do with some yourself. But I didn't say that because it was like a fourth date. I thought we better start slow. Um, and she looked good with one eyebrow. I think she's that pretty she can pull off one eyebrow. But um, but I don't know. Mine was just a, a lack of maintenance. There wasn't a lot of Eastern Europe going on in there. It was just more, hey, Tice, like this needs some attention. So she went and uh, she went and boiled up the wax in the microwave, poured it on my head. It was that hot that as she did it, skin pulled off the middle of my eye. It was that point. That was what created the actual cyst in my head. So um, the fact, actually reflecting on that now, uh, thinking about the fact that that she thought she knew how to cure this this so-called cyst on my back, which I was very nervous about, made me nervous. Anyway, I laid down on the bed, took my shirt off. She got the biggest book. It would like no one has encyclopedias anymore, but she got one from her dad. I'm pretty sure she whacked the shit out of me. <laughs> she absolutely destroyed me. And here's the thing: it just it just got bigger. It just got bigger. She goes, no, no. What you have to do, you have to consistently whack it over like a course of a week. So we'll do it every day just to make sure that we're breaking it down. So every day I would lay down on the bed, take off my shirt, and she would. Bash the fuck out of me. <laughs> Excuse my language. She'll bash me. And uh, anyway, nothing happened. We forgot about it. I went to Perth about a year and a half later. And uh, I was the best man or, or 
what is it, bridesmaid or whatever in my in my mate's, uh, not a mate, I sound like a little gay boy, which is fine. I have no problem with gay boys, but I'm just saying I'm not calling myself a bridesmaid because I was a, a groomsman. Hmm. And um, anyway, we're trying on suits one day and she goes, Toss, what are those bumps on your back, man? I guess a cyst. You know, I've tried to I've tried to attack it with a, with a book encyclopedia. We've taken that classic approach, um, but the truth is, there's not a lot that can be done. It's a very severe condition. She goes, Tyus, I, I follow this pimple popping page on uh, on Instagram, and I think I've seen those before. I think what that is is not a cyst. Now, just for clarity, they weren't huge. I mean, I wasn't growing I wasn't growing mountains on my back. They were like a, it looked like a mosquito bite. So significant, significant when you think about the fact that it might have just been a pimple. She said to me, look, I'm pretty confident that's a pimple. Do you mind if I give it a squeeze? I said, look, I'm not comfortable. We've only just met. Um, the movie recording just stopped. That's okay. I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but it turns out this is going to be an audio podcast. I'll see if I can. Movie recording has stopped automatically. The maximum recording time has been reached. Well, that's that's not ideal. I'm going to... There we go. We're, we're back into it again. Sorry, the recording just cut out for a second, so I had to just restart it, which is fine. I mean, it's not ideal. I'm just hoping that... Uh, I'm hoping that that's that throwing me off now. What was I telling you? I was just going to say I'm hoping that this records the next 30 minutes because otherwise this, need, this camera needs some serious attention, which is fine. So here's the thing. I got whacked in the back as hard as I possibly could by my wife. Turns out she only made the situation worse. What fixed it was my wife's, my, my best mate's wife said, it's a pimple, let me sort it. So she squeezed this thing, right? She squeezed it. And I don't know if you've ever had a pimple... Uh, which is quite as intense as this one. But I reckon, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. If you've got a weak stomach, maybe turn off now. The thing, it started coming out like this, and it was like a long, stringy one. I'd never had pimples like this before. I've been quite good. Do you know what I mean? I exfoliate my back regularly with the sand over at the ocean. And um, it just kept coming. It kept coming and coming. It was like this. I, I, I would estimate it was 30 centimeters long. And she, I've never seen a girl so excited about a pimple coming out of another man's back. It was, it's weird. Some people just like that, don't they? Some people really like the pimple. Some people like the pimple. For me, it makes me sick. I can't watch it. I don't like that. Like, you know those videos of people uh, on YouTube where, you know, it's either a pimple getting popped or the other one. People enjoy watching like broken arms and serious injuries. I can't watch that either. They both make me squirm. I'm not, I'm not overly impressed with it, but... But, but quietly, just between you and I, the truth is now, whenever I get a pimple like that, because every now and then they come back, I can actually feel mildly, uh, when I touch that part of my back, I can mildly feel where it was. And every, every month or so, there it is, every month or so I give it a little squeeze, and man, it's, uh, I reckon, honestly, I'm not on OnlyFans, just out of faithfulness for my wife, but I reckon there'd be an OnlyFans page where not only would you might want to see my little boobies, my little nuts, and my little asshole. You might also like to see, because uh, there's, there's, a, there's a thing for everyone, isn't there? Some people like that. I mean, I saw that Two Girls, One Cup when I was a kid, which I still regret. I still honestly feel feel quite unwell when I when I think of that experience. Um, I don't know, horses for courses though, isn't it? It's horses for courses. Not 100% sure what to do with that. Anyway, I've been going through a phase this week of watching Jordan Peterson again. I've just uh, I've got a new I've, I've got a new appreciation for just how intense his ability to be able to get through difficult conversations is. Now, whether you love Jordan Peterson or hate Jordan Peterson, you've got to admit that he's good on his feet. Like if, uh, whenever I'm in an argument with someone, one of the one of the most frustrating things I find is when I get tongue-tied. I've got so many thoughts going through my mind. I've got so many responses that I'd like to say, but the idea is you've you've just got to slow down. You've just got to you know, how do you explain it? You gotta slow down, get your train of thought back, and then address the actual point that they're speaking about. I just get aggressive. I can feel my heart rate start pumping. I feel, you know, I just feel myself getting a little bit up and about. Uh, this guy, man, have you, have just gone a rabbit hole and Google YouTube Jordan Peterson schooling everyone. <laughs> it's so impressive. My favorite one, we've got a, we've got a ridiculous show here in Australia. It's called Q&A. So essentially all it is, it's, it's essentially a left-leaning government uh, puppet show, which uh, it just goes on about all the things that the real left side of government uh, go on about, which are things that I actually care about. Things like climate change, I care about. I'm very, I'm very cautious with the things that I bring into my house because I actually, I, I care about environment. I just think sometimes the government tries to make things bigger than they are. Do you know what I mean? So. I'm not a hundred percent sure where I stand on climate change. I don't know. I don't know all the details. In fairness, and it's a subject which how how bad does this sound? 
it just doesn't interest me. Like I get so I get so bored by the chat. I can feel I can feel the rage of people like Greta uh, uh, coming up against me right now. And I'm open to conversation, so don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm I'm never going to listen to it. I'm not interested in people who have who are passionate about it. But what I am saying is. Man, it does my head in. But this is the kind of this is the kind of uh, it's when it gets politicized. I think that's the problem. Exactly what I'm trying to say. And everything's politicized these days. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to try. And, there's political statements being made left, right, and center. And uh, anyway, so I, I get see. Look at that. I just went on a tangent talking about the fact that I go on tangents. And Jordan Peterson, so cool, so calm, so respectful, but got a little bit of got a little bit of I don't know. Got a little bit of strength in him as well. Like. When he's when he's under the bus, I just uh, I think he I think he just starts to. Some people are good under pressure like that. I would say I'm a kind of guy who's good under pressure with with a lot of things. I guess it just comes to how much you know about a particular topic because you can look like a muppet with anything, can't you? Like if I was under pressure talking about real estate, I'd be under a lot of pressure because I because I don't know what it is that I'm talking about. So I guess that helps that he studied this stuff for his whole life. But I was watching one of him the other day on on Q and A questions and answers here in Australia. A uh, preposterous show, horrific show. It's actually, it's an embarrassment to the nation that it's still on TV. And um, uh, Jordan Peterson was on there a couple of years ago, and uh, there was there was some socialist chick who was clearly out of shape. She looked terrible. Do you know? She, she had a lovely smile, in fairness, but she was overweight. She clearly she looked like she didn't really care about her physical body. Now, uh, as much as fat shaming is not a good thing, if you look like you're not taking care of yourself, whether you got yellow teeth, you're morbidly obese. Um, you got a monobrow, or like me, got told a couple of weeks ago I had white stuff in the corner of my mouth. Still, still stresses me out. Um, uh, it's harder to trust that you are. It's harder to trust than what you say has has real swinging power to it. I want people who've got their lives in order to to give me to give me advice. You know, I want people who've got their lives in order and not necessarily making money out of what they're saying to give me advice. I don't want I don't want what you're saying just to be something that you're known for. Like Greta's hard to take seriously now because the truth is, as passionate as she is about um, global warming, we all know global warming's her thing. So unless unless she came out and said, actually, sorry, I was wrong. I was 16. Uh, I, I was I was heavily influenced by certain people that I was watching. I'm not sure that everything I was saying was right. Like that would be more an interesting conversation to me because you say, oh, hang on a second, she's got something to lose here. But when people just keep going down that, um, hey, we're just going to play it so cautious, so cautious, just in case um, someone gets upset with it, that's where I start getting a little bit frustrated. So um, Jordan Peterson, he's a, man, he's, he's cool. I'm a big fan of the guy. I met him a couple of years ago, just randomly at an open mic comedy night here in Melbourne. And um, it was he was lovely. I couldn't believe it. I was speaking about being flustered. I always imagined myself being a really cool customer in that situation, just meeting him, going, "Hey, man, like, great, thanks for your work." I was like, "Oh my gosh, Jordan, like, yeah, seriously, like, you're like a dad to me. This is, and my dad's a dad to me, but you're like another dad. So it's like I've got gay." <laughs> I didn't say that, <laughs> but you know, I may as well have because uh, there was a, there was a fair rant going on. But um, yeah, I realised this because there's been so many there's been so many emotional conversations taking place, uh, especially with COVID the last eighteen months. Have you guys known that? Oh my gosh, everyone I talk to has been been. Uh, whacked left right and center with with covid chat and uh, i always say this like it's interesting because people including myself right now we always talk about this like we're excluded from that but the truth is we're not i've been i've been a little covid bitch the last two years and uh any opportunity that i've had especially the last 12 months to talk about it mate i've talked about it probably because i've gotten so passionate and so emotional so it comes up but i just can't help myself i'm just swinging verbally and uh, anyway, I went down to Gippsland the other day, and uh, my dad, who's an absolute legend, get on with the house on fire. He, I noticed we've got a very similar style of arguing. When when we get heated, when we get angry, uh, we we both try and just trap the other people, not with facts and logic, but it's <laughs> just sort of like um like gotcha. And it's, it's it's like I think it's a classic. I'm trying to win an argument kind of approach to it, which is cool in a lot of senses. Like if you're just trying to win an argument, it's a cool thing to do. But it was interesting, a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with him, we were speaking about COVID, and I was saying, hey, like, I don't know where I stand with these vaccine mandates, and he's sort of the same, but he was getting fiery a little bit, and we were shouting each other down, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is going on here, Tosh? You need to just sit back, relax, and try and learn from someone, because uh, I tell you, I'm the king of talking. It's easier. It's easier to talk, because, I don't know, we all know what we know, but when someone tries to tell us something, and especially if it's different to us, that's where... Uh, that's where it's hard to sit back and listen. That's what I love about my mate Ferg from comedy the other night. I um I will tell you about Fergus, but have I told you about the um? There's a comedy room that I go to that I absolutely love. It's actually the room I met Jordan Peterson at. 
uh, a couple of years ago. It's called Speakeasy HQ on Flinders Street in the city. Amazing room. If you're in Melbourne, you should go check it out. It's like on a Friday, Saturday night. Really cool place. I'm not there all the time, but from time to time I'll go along. And um, anyway, some nights it is absolute gold. Like some nights the house is just on fire. People want to be there. Some nights people walk in, they go, hang on a second, what's going on right now? And I was the first comedian up last week, and it was a real vibe. And I think I might have contributed to it in a big way. There's a real vibe of, oh my gosh, what's going on in here right now? Because uh, I got up on stage, and you know that joke I was telling you that I ran past my mum about a blowjob? So the, the joke goes, and it's I'm not even going to tell you, actually. My rule is I don't tell you, because you need to, I can't do the same energy that's involved in a, in, a, in a joke when it's not actually me on stage. But essentially, it's a blowjob joke. It's, it usually gets a good little laugh. I've, it's had a couple of little laughs, and I like it. Anyway, the average age in this room, I reckon was, I reckon 60 maybe? That's a lie. It wasn't 60. But there was a, there was a, couple, of, there was a couple of couples who were 60 and above. And I remember being on stage, getting to the blowjob joke, and just seeing the ladies' faces in the front row being just like slightly disgusted with what I was saying. Because they thought they were just coming out for a beautiful night of mixed acts, uh, a little bit of burlesque and singing, and now here I am making blowjob jokes in front of her and her husband, who, like, just quietly, when you're 65, I'm not sure if that's still a part of your marriage. Even if you're 35, I'm not convinced that's a part of your marriage. But that's, I don't know. I'm not sure. It depends. I guess it depends if you've done the dishes. That's just, that's just me, though. Like, I shouldn't, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can get away with it. But, I mean, you've got to be cautious, because it is my beautiful wife we're talking about now. But... Anyway, so I got up and it was. Just, I listened back to the tape and it wasn't a. It wasn't a great night. And uh, me and Ferg, we've we've taken the back exit before. He did really well. He had a good set. He just got up on stage and started um just started playing with the crowd, started laughing with the crowd, started talking about how some people look like they were the lost part of a Kentucky. It was a fantastic set by Ferg. Ferg is Neil, ladies and gentlemen. He's a he's a very funny man. But um. Uh, what happened? So we got off stage, we took the back exit, and then we just broke down what was going on on the night. Like, it's a, what a strange night it is. But then the thing was, to get back to my original point, me and Ferg started talking politics a little bit, because it just seems to be, well, like, if there's one person you shouldn't talk politics to, it's, I was going to say me, but why? Like, you can talk to politics with me, about politics with me if you want, if you're interested in it. I'm just saying, I don't know that I got, I, I don't know if, if your life depended on it, whether my opinion would be uh, would be the one you run with, especially in the world of politics. But uh, maybe if it was running, then you wanted to know the world record for the 10,000 metres and who set it and what year it was. Actually, not we won't get too bogged down with details because I might let you down there as well. But running, I'd be far better to be able to help you out. But... Um, but Ferg is—he sees the world differently to me in the in, in the sense of politics. I'd say he's a little more left-leaning. I probably just by default and frustration, the last eighteen months turned into like a just like a full-blown alt-right <laughs> neo-Nazi is what I think the left call me now. But essentially, that just means that I would like to be able to go outside and um, like I'm a really big fan of marriage. And uh, like that's enough to just have you labelled as a Nazi. I'm pretty sure here in Melbourne, but we just love throwing those terms around. But Ferg's fantastic. Though he disagrees with a lot of what I say, he's not emotional. He's not emotionally connected to his ideas. He's, um, I don't think, or he's very good at separating as he talks about it. And I don't know. I got into that conversation with Ferg the other day. I thought, hey, this is what a, this is what a smart man does. And Ferg's only twenty six, you know. But it's nice to talk to someone in their scene, and, and you can see that you, there's a little bit of work being done. He's he's obviously trained himself not to get too emotional about particular po- topics. Um, yeah, well done, well done. So I took a little mental note from that the other day, but I tell you, it doesn't it doesn't make it easy. Like, uh, it took my mind off the fact I bombed, but it, it didn't make the whole experience much um, much easier for me, really. It's still hard the next morning when you wake up. It doesn't matter how good Ferg's thoughts on politics were, you still bombed. <laughs> which, is, which is just, a, I'm told, is an important part of comedy. Um, there's a lot of comfort in hearing the stories of great comedians who... Who's still bomb? So, anyway, started at the bottom, now we're here. Takes 10 years to be a great comic, I've heard. Or 10 years to be great at anything. I've only been going at comedy for three, so I'm 30% of the way to being good. <laughs> Which is a scary thought. Seven more years till I'm less shit. Anyway, the world might not be here in seven years, actually, based on Omicron is, is back in town, or is in town. which is Which is not scary to me at all. Which uh, the the problem for me is I haven't been scared of any of the variants the whole way through. Now that's not me trying to sound like a, a massive hero. I'm just a relatively fit and healthy guy, and keep hearing that no one my age is really affected by it. Now I know people fire up, and that puts me in the neo-Nazi category, making statements like that. But the truth is, 
It's the anomaly. It's the odd one out when someone my age is is really sick, isn't it? Especially here in Australia. Especially anywhere in the world, I think. I don't know. I had a really interesting chat with a bloke from South Africa the other day, and he was saying that apparently South Africa, some young guys... Um, have been whacked with it, so I don't want to. I don't want to be too arrogant with my with my conclusions. But I, I think the truth is, overwhelmingly, um, people my age are, are, are pretty good. My brother in law had it in America. He's twenty eight years old or, or something, and he uh, he called me. He's like, dude, I didn't even know I had it. It was I just got the test, and they said, all right, you've got COVID. And he goes, oh, this is not bad at all. But then the weird thing is, some people, I guess it's it's probably obese with asthma, um, uh, fifty eight other comorbidities. I think that's where the problem steps in but no one likes to talk about that we don't like to talk about comorbidities i might eat these words real big real hard real soon and omicron omicron comes and and just whacks me right in the lungs i hope it doesn't i'm on the vitamin c train at the moment just to give myself a little bit of protection i'm not sure if it's illegal but ivermectin was uh was the thing that you're not allowed to talk about any anymore but people keep saying that they had ivermectin and it seems to help the situation so my brother-in-law in america I'm going to try and get him to send me some if it's not illegal. Even if it is illegal, mate, actually, I don't, I don't know. I'm a big talker. But if, if that's going to get me in trouble, then I'm not going to do it because uh, it's very important to, to be on the right side of the law is what I say. <laughs> so, anyway, Omicron's in town. People are trying to shit themselves, I've noticed. Like the news the news is excited, obviously, because the news is just run by a bunch of wankers that, like their pay is from... Uh, Fear, isn't it? Like, if you're scared of the news, chances are fear is going to force you to go and try and learn more about this particular uh, virus so you can be comforted or so so you can be prepared or just so you can be entertained if you're me. I see an Omicron thing. Uh, Omicron's going to come and take us, take us all out. Uh, apocalypse is here. I go, fire out. That sounds interesting. And I click on it. So that's just increased the ad revenue for the company that uh, that's run that article but the truth is the news is desperate for this to be the biggest story in the world because trump's not in office anymore and uh cnn's dying and they need some big story to be able to take us away um and i think this is true for a lot of left-leaning media they're all bullshit we're starting to catch up to the fact that what they're saying is uh is absolute rubbish in a lot of instances and um they need it they need to run a story that gets our eyeballs on screen so they run with fear but the truth is, it's not scary. <laughs> not to me. Not to me. I'm pretty sure I've, I've had COVID. I don't know. But I had a blocked nose a while ago. It's still a, bl- a bit blocked. Maybe I've just got hay fever. One of my mates was telling me the other day that he um he had to have the day off work because he had a COVID scan. He went down to the doctors and he didn't test positive at all for COVID. But the doctor just said he, he had an allergy to dust mite, which is embarrassing. That's, a, that's an embarrassing one. Imagine sending a message out to all your friends. Guys, pray for me. I think I've got COVID. Oh, actually, sorry, guys. My bad. It was allergic to dust mites. I just need a vacuum more. <laughs> my house is dirty. The little dust mites get stuck in my nose. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but they're trying to run this Omicron thing. How long do you reckon this Omicron one will go for? It's a good question. I feel like it's losing a bit of fuel as it is. Hey, I, here's a prediction for you. I reckon vax mandates here in Victoria ending real soon. There's a prediction for you. I've started to learn the last couple of months that whatever's down the bottom left-hand side of the Herald Sun page becomes reality in the next three weeks. And just the other day, I saw a little article left-hand side down the bottom of the Herald Sun website. It says, vax mandates look set to end early here in Victoria. And I thought, hey, what's going on there? There's the little story for you. And then I went and checked uh, Voice for Victoria on Instagram, who's a chick whose page I've been really enjoying over the last couple of months because she she helps me understand exactly what's going on in the world of politics. And she had done a screenshot of that particular thing and said the same thing. She goes, I reckon vax mandates are ending. They're drip feeding us soon. And there's a few professionals coming out in the vaccine world saying, hey, look, that makes no sense for us still to be locked up and requiring these uh, these mandates, even when the world or our state is like 93% first dose, 91% double dosed. <laughs> I mean, how much further can you go? If the vaccines aren't working yet, they're not going to work. And I love it. My wife, uh, my wife got told, actually, I'm not going to say too much about it, but essentially my wife had a, she was supposed to be going to a baby shower this weekend. She can't go because, um, because the, uh, actually she can't, 
I'm trying to decide whether I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it because it's good friends. It's good friends. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But she, uh, I've told you about the story. I've told you about the story where um, she went to uh, her mother's group. Her mother's group had a first birthday for all their kids, and the kids they said uh, they sent out a text message saying, "Hey guys, if you're not double vaxxed, please don't come. Send proof of vaccination before you come to my child's birthday." And my wife just being an absolute legend that she is, not a little pussy. Uh, message back on that's disgusting like we're not living it's not 1984 world that we're living in right now how dare you ask for my my covid passport you know what i mean how about we just follow the the government rules because they're gods in in our state at the moment and if if it's outdoors which it was which there's not many people there which there weren't and kids are the ones that we're worried about which are no concern um how about we just don't do these vax passports because it's despicable Anyway, and then here's the thing. It's so funny. I, I just I don't know if I'm in my echo chamber so much, but I'm probably am. But the truth still stands. You can still spread COVID when you're vaccinated. Like we all know this now. You can still spread COVID when you're vaccinated. So here's here's where I get confused. If you have an answer, please tell me. So if you're vaccinated, the goal is that you're more heavily protected from COVID. I understand that. But then you say, okay, does it stop me spreading it? Some people try and say, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. That's why Victoria, we're 92% vaccinated now and we're still rocking some massive numbers. I'm confused as to why. But the truth is, there's vaccinated people left, right and centre spreading this thing. So what does it do? I think from what I understand, the vaccine, it helps give your immune system added benefit to be able to fight this virus off. I'm pretty, I think that's what vaccines are for, aren't they? I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what the flu thing is for. Isn't a flu thing just to expose you a little bit to the vaccine? I know mRNA, is that a little bit different? I'm not sure. I don't totally understand. But here's the thing. If you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated for you. People keep saying, no, you're vaccinated for the community. I don't understand that. I think it makes no sense to me. Because if you're vaccinated for the community and the community can still get it, even if you're vaccinated, it makes no sense. Anyway, I'm, I'm very confused with that. I, just, I hope that you're all healthy, all right? That's my goal. Whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, I hope you're very healthy. That's my goal for you. That's all I want. I want And here's the thing. I had a really interesting chat with a bloke the other night. He's a sociologist and an anthropologist, all right? And he was explaining to me that a lot of the time... So much of what we're going for. So if you are a vaccinated person or if you're an unvaccinated person, what we're going for is if you say to a vaccinated person, why did you get vaccinated? They might say, well, I care about my health. Um, I want to give myself the best opportunity uh, to get things back to normal. I want my freedom back. All right. Then if you speak to someone on the other side of the page, they say, why don't you want the vaccine? Say, I'm very, I'm just curious. I'm I'm very cautious about my health and I'm really passionate about having freedom. So already both groups have a passion for health in some senses. I can't, the truth is you can't say they have a passion for health because there's so many fat people out there telling me how important it is to get vaccinated. Maybe that part's not true, but the freedom element of it, I think is true. Like if you say, okay, uh, to a vaccinated and unvaccinated person, hey, why'd you get vaccinated or why didn't you? They say, because I'm passionate about freedom. They say, if I get vaccinated, hey, we'll be back to our free normal lives sooner than later. Unvaccinated people saying, get stuffed. I want to just live my free normal life. We've got that in common. Do you know? I found that really helpful. So whenever I'm in, when I'm in a conversation with someone that I now disagree with, when I can actually catch myself and go, Ty, stop talking for a minute, dickhead. Like, just listen. It's nice to be able to go, hey, Ty, you don't need to be emotionally fueled by what's going on here. Even though sometimes I want to fight. I, I spoke to a Telstra lady about eight years ago. I got so angry about the fact I couldn't get my problem solved. I went to punch my door lightly. My hand went straight through it. Had to go down to Bunnings and, and, and get like plaster and get putty and sandpaper and like the right color paint. It turned out to be like a two-week job because I was so embarrassed to call someone around to get to get it to fix, uh, to get it fixed because I'd punched a hole in it. I thought, well, my wife's going to look like she's living in a ha- uh, household of domestic violence, which she's not, huh? Because she keeps her act together. <laughs> That's not true. She beat the shit out of me. She couldn't, but I say that to make her feel special. Um, honestly, I'd have no trouble. I reckon. I reckon I could. I could choke. I'm, I'm not even a martial artist, but I reckon I could get her in a choker hold, and and she'd be out in. She'd be out in two minutes. I guess. <laughs> what a horrible thing to imagine, though. What a horrible thought. It's more likely I do that to my little boy when he won't sleep. He keeps waking up at the moment. He wants a little rub on his back. Anyway, there's plenty of nights there where I want to give him the choker hold. Oh yeah. So here's the thing. So, uh, did you guys hear that uh, Pfizer is now linked to 18 new heart inflammation conditions? Is that true? Everyone seems to be having heart conditions. That's not. That's an exaggeration. 
that's a massive exaggeration. But why are we allowed to talk about the heart conditions and the heart problems when it comes to these vaccines? Why is that not important? That's what I want to know. Why can't we talk about it? That's all. I just want to know what it is that's so bad about that. I think I heard someone say the other day that when God's taken out of a, a, a society, governments start to take sort of that, that role of God. Like you look at a place like North Korea, and we don't know what's happening in homes and whether there's like underground churches going on. But the truth is, old Kim, he's running the show. Government is God. And as a result, like what they say rules. So I sort of see it like over here, Victoria is a quite left-leaning state, very left-leaning, actually preposterously left-leaning. Um, so maybe that's what's going on. We're just, we're, we're so entrenched in the government message that we can't have honest conversations. And if the government says, hey, this is good for you, no, a swollen heart is good for your heart in the long run. You go, but how do you know? It's just a little bit sore. I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> Shut up. You know, that's the conversation. Shut up. I don't want to hear about your stupid heart. I want to hear about, did you like the vaccine? And then you've got blokes like bloody Michael Gunner up in, um, up in the Northern Territory. Isn't it funny how you can see a politician and straight away know that they're from the Labor Party? I'm not saying that liberals are any better. I'm saying liberals are a bunch of pussies as well right now. Apart from Perrottet, he seems to be swinging for the fence a little bit, to a degree anyway. Dominic Perrottet, the New South Wales Premier, he's, he's sticking it to the man a little bit. I hope he still does. But traditionally, like liberal government here in Victoria, which is, so in Australia, liberal is in, in, in Australia the more conservative party. In America, I know it doesn't have the same meaning, but um, so Labor Party over here is the equivalent of our Democrats, and the Liberal Party over here is the equivalent of our Republicans, to, uh, Republicans, to a degree, you know what I mean? If we're using American politics as the example or the comparison, uh, which why wouldn't we? Because that's the most interesting one to watch in the world. In fact, Trump was the only thing that got me interested in politics because... It was just uh, it was just so crazy watching a president say the kind of things that he would say. I was like, mate, I like this guy. I can't believe you just said that. And you're the president. Like, there's still hope. Stuff this cancel culture. Um, but uh, but this bloke, Michael Gunner, came on TV the other day. Watch, type in Michael Gunner, vaccine mandates. He was going on. I wish I had the audio here to show you. He was going on about how if you're anti-vax mandate, you are anti-vax, regardless of your vaccine status. What, how does that work? <laughs> how does that make any sense? How does that make any sense at all? That's like saying, um, if, you, if you exercise seven times a week, you eat all your veggies, you get enough sleep, you look after your health, but you disagree with their health advice, you are anti-health. It's like, well, hang on a second, I'm so healthy. <laughs> I've, I've done everything I need to do to be healthy, and now you're saying I'm not healthy. What the heck? Like, where's the logic in that? And he said it with such aggression as well that I couldn't help but think that, that, that you know, he, he should be doing some meditation. I don't think that people with that much anger should be speaking about health because obviously we understand health as being, like when we speak about health, what do we mean? A lot of the time we're speaking about physical health. We're speaking about mental health to a degree, but a lot of the time we're looking at obesity when you're allowed to talk about it. Uh, we're looking at exercise. We're looking at sunlight. We're looking at, um, you know, whatever else health is... Uh, 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 what do you say? Whatever else it is that comes to mind when you talk about health. But a lot of the time, like the stress that we store is no good for our health as well. Like I think there's an element that, that if you're stressed for a little while, your body starts paying a response. I get stressed for a day, all of a sudden I'm exhausted. Like imagine living in a, in a body which is that inundated with stress. You just got cortisol pumping through your blood that you go to bed, you just root it every night because your body can't quite handle the amount of stress that you're pumping through it. Um, that's not good for you either. This guy, this guy was talking about health with a lot of cortisol in his blood. He looked angry. The reporter just said, "Hey, what's um? Do you feel like your messaging around the vax mandate up here might have been negative for, um, you know, the uptake?" And he said, "Look, essentially, get stuffed. All right. If you're against the vax mandate, I don't care if you're double vaxed. You, you're anti-vax, and that's just they're all there is to it. All right." So, so get stuffed. Mind you, I only just saw the snippet. I only just saw the snippet of what it was. Um, that he was talking about. And we know the world of radio, the world of media, they only take little snippets because they're on such a tight frame. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can sit down and talk for hours or as much time as you and the other person are willing to talk about it. It's unedited. Um, you get a real understanding of what they're saying, why they're saying it, the context of the argument. And it's not just these little sound bites. So maybe Michael Gunn is a lovely bloke and they've just increased the like anger saturation on the actual clip that was taking place, and I don't think so though. I, I got a pretty clear representation that this bloke was, uh, he was quite fired up. It was, it didn't seem hard to see, is, is what I'm saying. So anyway, 
Anyway, what do we do? We're three weeks away from Christmas. We've got to be happy. Interesting here in Melbourne, there's a lot of gay and lesbian family stuff going on around Christmas as well. Like, I remember when I was a kid, they used to always show these happy families, like a guy and a girl with their little kids sitting on Santa's lap. This year, we've just got two gay guys sitting a metre and a half away from Santa. It's the weirdest experience. Because um, obviously, we're trying to make uh, all people feel welcome, which is great. But, like, surely... Surely we don't run ads just to just to make... I don't know if this is true. Do we run ads just to make a minority feel comfortable? Maybe we do. Maybe that is a good idea. They've been through so much heartache over the years that um, that maybe it's time that we, we start tailoring the advertising towards towards them. But I don't know that many gay people. And obviously that's because like I don't, I don't go to gay clubs. Uh, I know a few gay people. They're lovely. I've got no problem with them at all. But what I'm saying is they're, they're the exception to the rule in my friendship group. Do you know what I mean? There's more straight people that I know. I would bet that there's heavily more straight people in Australia than there are gay people. Now, I have no issue. I just want to make this clear because I, I feel people firing up at me about this statement saying, oh, you're so anti-gay. No, no. Nope. Not at all. Zero percent that. But what it is, is I just don't think... Is it a good idea for us to... Um, I don't know. We paint this picture that every every parent and their kid is, is gay and that's who sits with Santa. <laughs> Did that make sense? I'm not sure. What I'm saying is, don't we don't we just want to do something that's a bit more... Am I sound like a communist? I don't know. Did... I think that just cut out again. I was just on a, I was on a little rant. Sorry, my ca- I've got to try and figure out how to make my camera work. Anyway, that's enough for today. I'm cleaning up this room. I've been speaking for an hour. Thanks for being here again. Go subscribe on YouTube if you're not already. It's quite humbling putting these videos on YouTube and seeing such... Such limited numbers. (laughs) All right. Hey, much love. Stay healthy, all right? Whether you're vaxxed or unvaxxed, I hope the best for your heart. That's my goal. I want you to be healthy. Healthy. I want you to be healthy and happy, all right? Hope you get a kiss off your girlfriend, boyfriend tonight, and uh, I'll see you all next week. Okay, goodbye.